Hi, friends. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our community. I don't know if you know this, but we are on the air all the way from Richmond, Virginia to Ketchikan, Alaska, and in so many places in between. We're a national show, and we are a small and mighty team committed to bringing you stories and sounds from around the world that convey not only the diversity and the pluralism of our country, but the beliefs that are shaping our world, our politics, our culture, and the ideas that sustain us and inspire us to think about where we are going. And that brings me to this question. If you value us, if you enjoy listening and appreciate what you're hearing, I want to ask you to take a moment to consider becoming a sustaining member of Interfaith Voices or make a one-time donation at interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. That's interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. Thank you. And let's get back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Umbreen Khan, and you're listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. Each week, we explore the beliefs shaping our world. And this week, we begin a two-part episode asking the question, what were some of the most important religion and spirituality stories of the year likely to carry forward into 2023? One of those stories is the growing occurrence of anti-Semitism. According to the Anti-Defamation League, which has published an annual report on anti-Semitism since 1979, such incidents were up 34% in 2021, and they expect 2022 will surpass that. To understand more about this spike in hate, producer Kimberly Winston spoke to Lauren Marco, the news editor of The Forward, a century-old news daily serving the Jewish community. Lauren is a longtime religion reporter and editor. She's a former producer for Interfaith Voices, and we've been following her work at The Forward, which has been covering the rise in anti-Semitism. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Lauren, tell the listeners um, what it is that you do for a living. I am the news editor of The Forward, which is a 125-year-old publication, and it is about American Jews and for American Jews and others who want to learn about the Jewish world. And when I say Jewish world, I, I use the phrase very expansively. We're talking about Jews who are secular, very religious, Yes, American Jews, but we also write and talk to Jews around the world. Mm -hmm. And so that would be an audience that one would think would be very interested in anti-Semitism. So tell me what you at The Forward have noticed about anti-Semitism in the past year. Unfortunately, we noticed that it's everywhere and that it's increasing. Mm -hmm. And we are talking everything from 
swastikas drawn on desks in American schools to celebrities tweeting out anti-Semitism to rabbis and their congregants taken hostage to the former president of the United States sitting down and dining with anti-Semites and not having anything to say about that. Mm -hmm. What would be your top five most horrible acts of anti-Semitism in the United States in the last year? There is so much that any five I pick is going to leave out some very concerning incidents, Mm. but I will pick five. I'm going to start with the violence. Visibly Jewish people, and by this I mean uh, Hasidic Jews um, who, by the way they dress uh, and the neighborhoods they live in, are being physically attacked, um, often on the streets of of Brooklyn. Um, We are seeing violence against them in in many ways. Uh, BB guns shot at them. Uh, It's almost routine now. Um, I would say the hostage taking of Rabbi Charlie Citron Walker and three of his congregants in January of this year had the Jewish world and much of the rest of the world on edge as they sat there for 11 hours. And remind people where that was. That was in Colleyville, Texas, which is not far from Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And the reason that the gunmen chose to terrorize this synagogue is because it is close to a federal prison where a woman is in prison for terrorism. And the gunman thought that the rabbi could get her out because he, like many people, believed in the completely false conspiracy theories about Jews controlling the world. The online hatred that we see on popular mainstream platforms like Twitter and Facebook, um, but also others like Gab, which um, police hate even less, Mm. has been on the increase. We know that from studies. I think I'm up to three here. And you haven't even mentioned the two I was thinking of. Let's go to Kanye West, who changed his name to Ye. He went on an anti-Semitic tirade, and he lost a lot of business deals. But we also saw that he has uh, some fans who can't quit him, despite the anti-Semitism. We've seen uh, the phrase, Kanye was right, on Stadia. Across the country, uh, just the other day, um, somebody wearing a Burger King hat, one of those paper crowns you get or kids get, and wore it on a plane. The midterms showed us that trafficking in anti-Semitism is no longer the shame it used to be. We saw candidates for governor in Pennsylvania who trafficked in anti-Semitic stereotypes. He wasn't the only one. Name who that was, if you can. His name, Mastriano. uh, I believe Douglas is his first name. He 
called out his opponent, who was Jewish and who won. Josh Shapiro is now going to be governor of Pennsylvania for not being a true Jew. Uh, Mastriano's wife, um, when confronted about the anti-Semitism on the campaign trail, said, we probably care about Israel more than you do. And, and that's, that's a common retort when accusations of anti-Semitism are made. Well, we love Israel, therefore we can't be anti-Semitic. Um, you're not really Jewish because you don't support Israel as much as we do. It's a, a common anti-Semitic trope. So that's, that's the top five. What about the president? We didn't do the president or the basketball player. President Trump had dinner with Kanye West, and Kanye West brought along Nick Fuentes, who is a well-known white nationalist and anti-Semite. And uh, the, Trump said he didn't know about Fuentes or that he was coming or that his, what his background was, um, but he never apologized for it. Um, this upset even some of his allies. Right. Um, Kyrie Irving is an NBA player, and he tweeted out a link to an anti-Semitic movie. And um, Irving seemed to not understand why this would offend mm-hmm. Jews. Um, mm-hmm. Was slow to apologize, wound up sitting out eight games. Uh, it was unclear whether he really understood why what he did could be considered was anti-Semitic. Every single one of those is bad enough. But the fact that all of those just happened this year and that I asked you for five and we had to go to seven is shocking. Um, This isn't something new to 2022. Uh, The Anti-Defamation League has been tracking, you know, anti-Semitism for decades, but they've noticed a very sharp spike in the last five years. Uh, 2021 was the highest year for anti-Semitic incidents in the United States, and the ADL said that 2022 was on target to be as bad, if not worse. What is the effect that this heightened atmosphere of anti-Semitism is having on, quote, the Jewish community, which, of course, is a vast, vastly diverse community? I'd say that most Jews, because there have been polls, um, are worried. There's also a worry that there's going to be an overreaction. Wait a Mm. minute, aren't we really safe? Other people are also feeling unsafe in this culture. Let's not make too big a deal of this, but let's not ignore this either because clearly something's going on and we need to protect ourselves. So There is more money coming from the federal government to make sure that synagogues have their metal detectors and they have um, enough to to make sure a police officer is posted out front during major holidays. Um, So there's reaction, um, but there's also, I'd I'd say, caution from some quarters. Let's take this seriously, but let's also make sure that our nervousness and and fear in some cases, um, it does not um, make us scared to be Jewish and to express ourselves as Jews. You do hear more about Jews 
not being comfortable wearing yarmulkes in public. You do hear about Jews putting their stars of David inside their shirts before they go outside. I'd say that if you're talking about visibly Jewish people in in Brooklyn, it's it's a different kind of reaction. We're talking about physical attacks there. It's very difficult to compare that to the vast majority of American Jews who blend in pretty well with the rest of America and may not have to feel scared day in and day out because most people don't know they're Jewish. People know those Jews are Jewish when they show up at synagogues or the Jewish community center. So even from that community, though, you hear some reticence about putting out Hanukkah decorations. I mean, I, I had this debate in my own family. You know, how much are we going to decorate our house? On Hanukkah, you're supposed to display your menorah so people can see it. It's, it's a holiday about Jewish pride. I was talking to a friend the other day about whether... I should put up one of those giant blow-ups in my front yard. Uh, a neighbor of mine has a really adorable 15-foot-high blow-up Santa. And they're, they're now um, selling this giant menorah dinosaur, which is adorable and tacky oh. at the same time. And I was thinking, oh, wouldn't that be great? And a, a friend of mine who's Jewish said, maybe just go with the decoration in the window, something that just doesn't scream Jewish family lives here. And and that's what I decided. And, and I'm not the only one having that, that thought. Lauren, you and I have known each other, what, 20 years? 20 years. About five years ago, I think, you and I had a conversation about, okay, anti-Semitism is on the rise in this country. It's beginning to become more obvious and out there. And you said something that has always stuck with me. You said, look, you know, American Jews, we have to remember that we have it better than Jews in most other nations where there's anti-Semitism. We're safer here yes. than we are almost anywhere else. And I wanted to ask you, do you still feel that way five years later? Or has there been any erosion of that for you personally? Or do you see any erosion of that for your other friends and family? I think Jews are still safer in the United States today than Jews have been in any place throughout history. That said, I think many American Jews don't feel as safe today as they did 10 years ago. I hear Jews ask each other, the, an unimaginable question. If things were to get really bad here, as they did in the Weimar Republic, just unimaginable, but maybe a little less unimaginable than it was before January 6th, where would we go? Canada? Um, but I think the answer is there is no better place. And this is our country. <laughs> Just in the last month, the first gentleman, Doug Emhoff, presided over a Prevention of Anti-Semitism Summit in Washington, D.C. President Biden has called it out. Many politicians, faith leaders have called it out. 
when you see something like this summit at the White House, is this a Band-Aid? Is it perceived as something meaningful? For any group that is feeling under siege, when their political leaders come out and say, this is not acceptable, this is not America, we won't have it. Um, So I don't hear much of, oh, what a waste of time. But, you know, anti-Semitism, it's often called the oldest hatred. Jews have been around for for thousands of years, so anti-Semitism has as well. And nobody has figured out how to solve it. It comes from so many different places. It comes from people who call Jews subhuman. It comes from people who call Jews superhuman, you know, so smart they're controlling the world. It's really difficult to attack a problem that, you know, has has nested in so many different countries and ideologies. So there is no obvious solution to anti-Semitism, to racism. But I think the more people who stand up against it publicly, it certainly can't, can't hurt. We talked about how this is a, a hatred and a bias that's been with us forever. Is there anything different about this current spate of anti-Semitism or the factors that are bringing it around? I mean, we're seeing some, many of the same tropes. Is there anything about the flavor of the current anti-Semitism that is different than before? It does feel different. Mm. It feels as if it's been more normalized, that more people can get away with it and quickly excuse themselves by saying, I love Israel. It seems as if uh, it's more common. A friend called me this morning and said her children's suburban D.C. high school, the school sign was just defaced with a... um, with with writing that said uh, Jews not welcome here, something to that effect. We're just hearing a lot more of it, and it seems to be more acceptable in more circles. And I think I can draw a parallel there with racism. You also hear racist talk on the campaign trail um, in in social circles, on social media that seemed to be just beyond the pale a couple of years ago. And it's not anymore for many people. They just think, oh, that's an okay thing to say. Um, It's funny because, you know, there are all these complaints about wokeness. Uh, It seems as if in in many different circles, on many different platforms, campaigning for governor of a, of a swing state that people feel very comfortable saying these things into a microphone. Um, I didn't see that five years ago. Not to this extent. What is the difference between anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism? So the question is often posed a little differently. Is it anti-Semitic to be an anti-Zionist? Zionism is the idea that the Jews have a right to a homeland in the Middle East. 
i.e. Israel. Anti-Zionism is the idea that they shouldn't. They don't. Anti-Semitism is Jew hatred. And many people who don't like Israel and protest Israel, including many Jews, by the way, say it's unfair that anti-Zionism gets conflated with anti-Semitism. Just because you're angry at Israel or maybe feel that it shouldn't even exist doesn't mean you're an anti-Semite. However, a lot of anti-Zionism is anti-Semitic when it holds Israel to a standard that no other nation is held to. When anti-Semitic tropes and stereotypes about Jews sometimes very violent ones and threats are used to argue against Israel's policies or existence. Is it possible to be against Israel, anti-Zionist and non-anti-Semitic? Sure. The two often go hand in hand, but not always. So we just have to be really careful. And That is really hard for a lot of people to understand. You've been listening to Lauren Marco, news editor of The Forward, talking with producer Kimberly Winston about the rise in anti-Semitism. Since they spoke, the journalist members of the Religion News Association chose the rise of anti-Semitism in the U.S. as one of its top 10 stories of the year. Next week, we'll be looking at the international stories that emerged in 2022 with Kalpana Jain, the editor of The Conversation U.S., an online global news and commentary media organization that collaborates with partners in higher education and media outlets, including the Associated Press and the Religion News Service. Together, they cover developments on faith and beliefs around the world. That's all for this week's show. If you're interested in learning more about our work and our guests, head over to this week's episode page at interfaithradio.org. While you're there, you can also learn about us, read the show notes, sign up for our newsletter, and explore the archives. You can find our podcast, Take Us on the Go!, Listen on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you catch your podcast. Just search Interfaith Voices and you'll find us. And while you're there, help us out. Leave a rating and a review. It will help others find us. This week's episode was produced by Kevin McCarthy, Kimberly Winston, and myself. A special thanks to our founder, Maureen Fiedler, for her vision, MC Yogi for our theme music, and additional sounds by Blue Dot Sessions and Audio Binger. Inspired is a production of Interfaith Voices. We rely on the generous support of our listeners to bring you this show. Friends, before I sign off and say goodbye to 2022 and welcome to 2023, I want to take a moment to just express my gratitude to our small and 